What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Second Avenue Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Linares. I'm your other host, Elijah Venencia. Let's kick it off. Batman 2 is confirmed. What are your thoughts on that? If you're keeping up with the podcast, you know the Batman was the first Batman movie I ever saw. Loved it. Went back, saw the Dark Knight trilogy, the Christopher Nolan trilogy. Thought it was fire. But I really kind of enjoyed the batman a little bit more like i loved the batman the vibe it had was so good so i'm excited that we're getting a second one here excited to see what they do with the villains i feel like i'm really in on batman now so i'm like looking on videos and stuff trying to see what people think is going to happen like character wise in this next one and i'm excited for it. what are your, uh, your thoughts about this one you know i'm excited for it as well um you know i feel like i'm in the minority with you of course where i think the batman is better than the dark knight it's more of an unpopular opinion, I feel like, but I think it's gaining more ground now. I think it's just much better movie, and I, it's gonna be hard to go wrong with the sequel here. Facts. I want to. I uh, I want to rewatch the Batman now that it's on HBO Max, just to get that you know, new experience here at home versus the theater, just to you know see what the vibe. And if I love it just as much as I did the first time, because like I said, it was the first Batman experience, so really. So I was like, I'm all in on. It. So like I did watch like when I was a kid. But then, like, as an adult, this is the first time I really like, watched a Batman movie. So I was, I loved it. Definitely. Robert, Robert Pattinson killed it. You know, I was a little skeptical at first after hearing that, just like because of the Twilight Association. But he absolutely killed it. So I'm definitely excited to see what we're going to get with the second one here. Facts. And they got all the shows coming to HBO Max and all that. So I'm ready. I'm excited for whatever is next on the Batman. Hopefully it's not too long before the next movie comes out. I feel like it could be like, three years but i hope it's not that long yeah i I mean i'm bigger into like the superhero movies and everything and like dc's never really like they've put out the joker that was a good movie but everything else they've kind of put out hasn't been that good like critically acclaimed or anything so i mean i feel like you got to carry on that momentum and get a movie out within a couple years at least facts like maybe two years moving on though so we've never talked about our nba teams johnny is a celtics fan i'm a miami heat fan we're both in the Eastern Conference semifinals, not playing each other on other sides of the bracket, but this could make for an exciting few weeks coming up here. What are your predictions for how everything's going to go? Man, you know, I'm obviously biased towards the Celtics. Like, even early in the season, for the past years, I've, like, thought the Celtics could win the championship. Even when that was a delusional thought, I thought it was realistic. I'm like, oh, yeah, they could do it, like, especially when they had Kyrie, I was like, oh yeah, they could do it. Like, of course, Jason Tatum's up and coming, Jalen Brown up and coming, Marcus Smart's going to lock down. I was like, oh yeah, they could win. Like they just got to, you know, put together what's right. Never ended up happening. They got a couple of runs to the Eastern Conference Finals. You know, that, those were good and all. Um, and then this season was just awful to start. I was like, the Celtics suck, whatever. I still like watching them play, you know, whatever. I'm going to rock with them. But then historic turnaround. I'm all in. I think the Celtics should win the championship this year. Like, I don't know. Like, I might be delusional, but I just think they look so good on defense. They can do it on offense. Jason Tatum is top five when he gets a cut. I think he's top five when he doesn't get a cut. Have you seen that video? Yeah, no, I know what I'm you're talking five. about. I mean, he's a star. I love so watching it. it. This Bucks celtic series is going to be grueling, and the heat embeds out, so I, I – I don't want to say we have a cakewalk to the Eastern Conference Finals, but we should win. We should win in four or five games without Embiid. I think he may, he may come back later, but I still think we beat him with Embiid. I mean, we're uh, just too deep. 
my it's boy, just that heat culture, you know? It is the heat culture, but my boy James Harden's going for like 51 game, and it's the yeah, Sixers always one. My thing, though, with that is, look what we just did to Trey Young. You know, we shut that man down. I Don't think we shut- ever compare James Harden to Trey yeah, Young. All right, that's just disrespectful to Trey Young there. Don't ever say that. An, an interesting note Young I had. Scoring titles and MVP. Don't ever say that. All right. Well, Harden's not the same Harden either, but that's he's that's not, a different he's still discussion. Got a deep bag. His bag is deep. That's a different discussion we can have. Uh, but the Miami Heat were the last team to beat the Milwaukee Bucks, and on that same run, we beat the Celtics. So, I mean, we've that's done it valid. before. We could that's do it valid. again. I mean, yeah, that's obviously a couple of years ago. It's bubble season, so that's a little bit like an asterisk, I will say. Oh, um, <laughs> it is. It is. It's a different environment, but whatever. Home court obviously plays a big role, so, you know, whatever. Obviously, the Heat got the one seed, so that's pretty cool that they'll have home court throughout the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, I think whoever wins the Celtics-Bucks series is going to the finals. And then from the West, I think it's either the Warriors or the Suns, but I'm going with the Suns. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to see the Warriors in the finals as much, like, as much as they deserve it and everything. I'd love to see the Suns get back, CP3 get that first ring, unless it's against Miami. When it's against Miami, we'll say. Yeah, I think it's going to be, so this is my prediction. I think I got Celtics in six against the Bucks. then I got Celtics in five against the Heat, then I have All right. All right. Celtics in six against the Suns. <laughs> For those of you not watching on YouTube, Elijah just exited the screen. He'll be back. <laughs> he is back now. All right. That So I'll go Celtics and seven. That's my prediction for the Eastern Conference semifinals. Give me heat and six. I'm not going to say heat and five. I'm not going to disrespect you. Like you just try to throw out that disrespect there. You saw what but, they did. The Nets, the Nets are better than the heat. They didn't play better, but they are a better team. I wouldn't say that the Celtics are a better team than the Nets. No, I think the Nets are like the best team in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so I mean, you caught them on, you know, not like you caught them on a bad night, but I mean. I don't know. They still have talent. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens, of course, you know. We will see. I'm excited. I'm just excited to watch the playoffs again, so. Definitely. Moving on here, last week we had our predictions on what we thought Brock Brock Hampton would finish their set on. Ultimately, they decided on Boogie. What were your thoughts on that? I thought that was a really interesting choice. Obviously, I talked about how I think it's important to start and end with a big song and like make those moments in a show. And they started with Buzzcut both weekends, and then they finished with Summer with Bareface singing on uh, weekend one on the weekend two they went with boogie which they did in like the latter half of the set the first time around so i was pretty surprised like obviously it's got some like iconic lines like best boy bits one direction it's like a super upbeat song that most people in the crowd probably knew so it's it made sense like it ended with some good energy but at the same time i wanted like that wholesome like closure type song Definitely. yeah so, no. i don't know like you mentioned dearly departed and i was like that would be great that would be a great ending but I feel like it's like a deep cut that like not everybody in the crowd's going to know. So it's like, a, like if it was like a Brockhampton tour, that would be a great choice. But like at Coachella, it's just like people to see Brockhampton, not necessarily huge Brockhampton fans. I'm sure there are huge Brockhampton fans in the crowd, but it's not like the diehards throughout the whole crowd. 
Definitely. No, I get that. And, you know, I, they could have gone two ways with it. They could have ended on a track like Dearly Departed or ended on a high note. And they have a bunch of tracks that could have fit that description there. So I'm not complaining on it. You know, they killed it, of course. Coptic, I've copped a couple Brockhampton tees, one of the from Coachella, and they had another merch drop yesterday. So, man, that merch drop, it's so far, but they're taxing on the hoodies. Yeah, no, that they are. Uh, I, I kind of like the gorilla tee they had. And then the one that I got was the, uh, it had all the albums. That one was fire. That one's fire. And then I like the one with the Letterman's jacket, but it's a yeah, little yeah. bit too small. Like, I don't know. So I might get that one. I might get the one that you got but I want the hoodie. I might have to get the hoodie. I don't know. But like at the baby Keem concert, I got a hoodie and it was $80. And like, I thought that was a lot of money. And was 125, 135, 135 for a hoodie. Like it's almost summer too. Like it doesn't ship till June. I don't think so. It's like, yeah. And my thing with that is like the rolling loud Travis Scott hoodie. That's Travis Scott. You know, that's got some, uh, a decent amount of resale value or whatever. That hoodie was only 90 bucks. I mean, not only 90 bucks, mm. you know, 90 bucks is a bag, but oh like, no, compared tax- to 135. I mean, yeah, they're taxing on damn. that one. And that's Travis. Like, I could go resell that hoodie right now for maybe double what I bought it for. So that's fair, but that's kind of I'm thinking about the Brock Campus stuff. Like, this could be their last merch. Like, I feel like they're probably gonna drop merch when the final album drops. So I'm like, I don't know, like, but this is kind of like uh a recap type merch like it has all the saturations all the iridescence all that stuff so it's like like i feel like it is like gonna be a collector type item to have if you're a brockhampton fan definitely yeah no it's i think something on there is a must cop for for any brockhampton fans oh yeah at I'll, least grab one piece so. i'll definitely get a lisa t but i want that hoodie so we'll see yeah we'll, we'll see you know you got your graduation party coming up i mean why not what 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 better time, you know, spoil yourself for your graduation. Facts. That's kind of how I'm feeling, but we'll see. Moving on to our topic for the week. We have 10 of our favorite Kendrick Lamar moments, uh, you know, building up some hype for his uh, upcoming project here, releasing in two weeks now. Got the countdown going up in my head here. Um, pretty excited for that. I, I think we're both, you know, but I mean, Kendrick's been a legend in music. I mean, he's been one of the, He's on the Mount Rushmore of the 2010s for sure. Potentially Mount Rushmore of all time. So, I mean, what better way than to go through some of his most iconic moments and lyrics? Facts. So, yeah, we each have five that we chose. Yeah, I mean, Kendrick's one of the greatest. So I'm excited to take a little deeper dive. We haven't really talked too much about Kendrick. Obviously, he hasn't dropped music recently, so that makes sense why we haven't talked too much about him. But I'm excited to talk about him, talk about our expectations for the upcoming album, and just, you know, talk about why he's one of the greatest to ever do it. So you want to kick us off here with your first choice? Definitely. And the first choice I went with was Mad City. Just overall as a song, I didn't have a specific lyric that stuck out through there. But that was one of the first Kendrick tracks I heard, you know, off of Good Kid, Mad City, of course. Um, classic album there. I mean, there's just so many banger tracks. And that's just one that I will never follow in my rotation from that, of course. Tracks like Money Trees and Swimming Pools as well. But, you know, I can just remember back in the day um, getting hyped up for a football game, got some headphones in, listened to Mad City. Just it got me right, of course. Facts. That's like when I was getting ready for this episode, I was trying to think of what the first Kendrick song I heard was. And I really didn't know, but I think I decided it was probably Buried Alive Interlude off Take Care. I think that would have to be the first time I heard Kendrick. 
Um, and then obviously like swimming pools and all that stuff afterwards. But I don't think I listened to Sex and 80 until after Good Kid, Mad City. So I like that pick. Yeah, no, they're definitely pretty close there. Section 80 is a sleeper project for Kendrick. You know, it doesn't get the love the other three do. So, yeah, I feel like people definitely overlook that. And they also overlook Untitled and Master, which, you know, that's got some great songs in there too. But I'll kind of stick with the same thing you did for my first one. I also picked a song that I couldn't decide on a single line or a single verse or anything. Duckworth to close damn or start damn if you're doing the collector's edition reverse version such a great story talking about how top dog robbed this restaurant where kendrick's dad was working and let him live because kendrick's dad gave him free chicken and biscuits when he'd come in because he knew he had done some stuff in the past and wasn't trying to get in on that get on his good side and then yeah sure enough he let him go when he robbed the place and now they see each other in studios and Kendrick is a star and who knows what would have happened if things would have gone south that time. <laughs> Definitely. You know, that, that is like probably the coolest part about damn for me is you can play it in reverse, not in reverse, but you know, reverse order there. And you know, it's, it, you get the same feel and everything for it. It's one of the underrated aspects of that album for me. Facts. I feel like that's definitely interesting. I remember when damn dropped, people were like convinced that another album is going to drop the following week. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I remember the hype off that. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of crazy. That's just, I think that's a little too much. I don't even remember what the, like, theory on that was. I just remember that happening, that they're like, oh, yeah, on Sunday it's going to drop because something, I feel like it was something religious, like, oh, Jesus. Like, Yeah, because the moon is the moon is facing this yeah. way. It's it's a full moon this week. Yeah, it was wild. I don't even remember what's the happening. The sun sets at 642, so that means he is dropping this Sunday. Yeah, it was bizarre especially considering it's kendrick and not like future who did do the back-to-back weeks before like kendrick does years between releases he's not doing two weeks in a row with full yeah. projects <laughs> but i mean to touch on like the reverse order thing a little bit more here like kendrick's pen game and like he that's why he takes so long in between you know projects or stuff like that he's they're just so you can look into them so deeply. Like I was watching a, a video on nostalgia, um, the Pusha T and Kendrick track they have together. Uh, they did Kendrick's like, a, there's a video on it on TikTok that I saw. I think Devin had sent it to me and it was, it was just crazy. The breakdown on that. Well, we're going to get to that breakdown in a minute because that's one of my moments I'm going to talk okay, about. So there let's, we go. let's move on to yours and then I'll do nostalgia. <laughs> okay. So I have, you know, keeping the damn vibes alive here. I chose element. That was definitely my favorite track off Damn for me. And I was looking for this everywhere. I feel like, I feel like this is a thing. So we had a, it was, you know, I don't do it for the gram. I do it for Compton. And that was Jason Tatum's rookie year. And I swear there was like an NBA mix. Uh, it was like one of the playoff commercials. He's like, I don't do it for the gram. I do it for Boston. And I just thought that was so hard. I couldn't oh. find it. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I swear that is a thing. That's a Mandela effect shit, but that would be fire. Like, I need to find that if that's a thing, because obviously you mentioned I'm a Celtics fan. Love Tatum. Love that song. That's a great pick. That definitely was my favorite song when Damn first dropped, too. Um, I feel like it's kind of changed. Like, I really love Pride and I love Duckworth, but Elman's definitely in my top three still, too. Um, but yeah, that's I got to find that commercial. That's it. Fire i don't yeah it may just not exist but i swear to you that was a thing like 
I, I couldn't come up with that on my own there. So was it like a real commercial or was it like a tweet? Yeah, like okay. you know, one of like the NBA commercials where it's like the the dude talking the whole time. And he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hard. Um, yeah, I gotta find that. That when you, you were describing it though, it reminded me. Obviously, there's like basketball mixes where it's like just highlights to a song. Mm-hmm. There is one that I've watched like a disgusting amount of times, and it's Jean Rondo versus the Cavs in like 2009 maybe and it's just crazy like he hits his classic little like fake layup spin move layup like it's hard he just has some fire highlights and it's to not afraid by Eminem and I've watched it so many times I remember like shortly after it dropped my family was like on vacation or something somewhere and there was a computer in the lobby of the hotel this is like before you know smartphones are like so popular so I got on the computer in the hotel lobby and watched it i just like that's how much i was fiending for that video like i loved it definitely i love the mixes like i'm more so i don't do basketball as much but like i like college football mixes i used to fucking love those in high school they used to go crazy of course so okay to get you right before game day too classics um but yeah you kind of mentioned nostalgia so let's move in here nostalgia um yeah obviously that tiktok video from dissect podcast has been going crazy shout out to dissect podcast if you're a music lover go show them some love they got great seasons my favorite ones because the internet they do a line by line note by note analysis of albums it's crazy they tell you some things you've never even thought of uh but yeah great channel so they recently did a video that went pretty viral dissecting nostalgia kendrick lamar's feature i looked at tiktok has like over four million views which i feel like is like or 4 million likes, which is a lot for, um, I feel like a rap video on TikTok. But anyway, so Kendrick's verse in this song is crazy. Throughout this verse, he uses nines and tens, and those add up to 87. And why is he only use nines and tens, you might ask? Because that adds up to 19, which completes his birth year of 1987. He has a line about 1987, I was born. Then he uses three nines and six tens, for three and six 36 because there's 36 ounces in a brick and all of that culminates in the final line where he says go figure motherfucker every verse to brick your son dope crazy and then it's even crazier that the song is split exactly in half between kendrick's verse and Pusha t's verse and each one has 36 bars like you're talking about the pen game the plan that's like another level like yeah i don't i don't know if you caught i can't remember if this is in the video or the comment section for it but it the album covers you know or it's, not, it's a single cover it's just a barcode and the mm-hmm. numbers on the barcode add up 36 as well yeah so. they're just big brain over there that's fire definitely yeah no that is insane penmanship there and i mean i would expect nothing less from kendrick lamar facts i just know we're gonna get some something like that on this next album all right moving on to my third pick here we got the biggest tease of I've, you know, it's still, it's seven years later now and I'm still waiting for this album or this project to drop, but Black Friday, 2015, J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar did a Black Friday. J. Cole went over All Rights beat and Kendrick went over A Tale of Two Cities. And it's so hard to pick between the two, but the more I listen, the more it's just like Kendrick just fucking killed it there. Once again, insane penmanship throughout the, and lyricism throughout the whole track uh do you have a favorite track between those 
I would have to go with the Kendrick track as well. But the J. Cole one so far. Yeah, also. no, I'm not. Yeah, that's so. No yeah, no, I just haven't listened to either one in a minute. Like, I need to go back and re-listen, but I just remember Kendrick's going crazy on that track. Yeah, and then at the end, they they say the album coming soon. You know, we, we've never gotten it. Where's it at, Cole and Kendrick? <laughs> I know, it would be great. That would be, I mean, that's probably one of the most wished for collab albums of our generation um it would be crazy i don't think we're ever gonna get it no yeah yeah we'll never get it but you can be optimistic you know i just wonder how much they have like on the usb drive somewhere like they have to have like a lot of not a lot but they have to have a good amount of songs together yeah and i mean they were both fucking huge at the time you know you got j cole coming off 2014 forest hills drive and kendrick coming off to pimba butterfly like that is insane all right, so I got a question for you. If those both drop, or if they drop in 2015, their collab album versus What a Time to Be Alive, what do you think you'd take? Oh, fuck. It's obviously I mean, hard to go versus yeah. something that you know versus a total just thought. An established project. I, I mean, at the time, I definitely would have chose drake and futures collab album i'm still a lean that way that's just such a tough decision because i have no clue what it's going to sound like i and, agree you know I, i've said this multiple times i'll reiterate it again here drake and future don't miss they don't miss i mean future out this week they got we got a couple of collabs on there we'll get to that a little bit later but yeah they have put out some heat over the years i just it's just such a tough decision because i don't know how the how well those two would gel together you know over a 10 plus album project or you know 10 plus song albums i know i think it's a pretty small sample size but i mean we got like forbidden fruit and like a couple songs so obviously those are two of the best to ever do it so i think they'd figure it out but it is something that's established versus a thought so i get what you get with that but i'm definitely taking cole and kendrick i respect that yeah and i respect either answer there so facts all right so the next verse line Kendrick Lamar moment I chose was his start to the third verse on hood politics one of my favorite songs off of to pimp a butterfly he says everybody want to talk about who this and who that who the realist and who whack or who white who black critics want to mention that they miss when hip-hop was rapping motherfucker if he did then killer Mike would be platinum that's like a great set of lines to me and it's so true. Like all these people were talking about, oh, I wish rap was this and that. But Killer Mike is probably one of the hardest rappers out. Like he's one of the best rapper rappers out today. And Run the Jewels is like not huge compared to like some of these other artists. So I think it's a great, great line. Definitely. You know, that's just a fire bar there. Um, I mean, in terms of lyrics, Kendrick's, he's probably the top dog in, in rap, of course, over the 2010s. What are your thoughts on that? No, I'm right there with you. I feel like it was very hard to plan for this video because I don't want to like forget something huge or, you know, whatever. So that's why I went with Yeah, that. no, we could go Ooh, on and on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so yeah, like this might not be his best, but it's like, I just love that line. Like, that's why I went with it. Um, yeah. But yeah, I do think he, that's just a testament to what you just said about him being maybe the best pen in the game, the best bars in the game in the 2010s there's just so many to choose from like yeah that, that's why we titled we talk this for two hours yeah. <laughs> that's why we titled this 10 of our favorite not our top 10 favorite Kendrick. like there's it's too hard to narrow that down to five answers between the two of us so 
exactly so yeah but anyway that's just like one of my favorites obviously we've talked about typical butterfly over a couple of videos especially that grammys video a couple of weeks back but it's just one of the best albums of all time like no question and hood politics might be my favorite song i love these walls i love wesley's theory but those are probably my top three on there moving on to my fourth fourth moment here it's not really a moment, you know, it's just been frequent collaborations with Dr. Dre, you know, the obvious Compton ties there, um, you know, kind of grew up on Dr. Dre. My mom would you know, be banging 2001 in the car. So obviously had that influence. And then, you know, on Good Kid Mad City, they killed it on the recipe and Compton. Both those tracks killed it for me. And then I love to see uh, Dre show the love back and get Kendrick on his, uh, his studio album Compton that he had released when Compton came out. Um, I feel like that's just two of my favorite collaborators there. And, you know, it's just so cool that they're from the same city and they both made it out. You're really just like speaking what I'm thinking like seconds before, um, because that's going to go into my next pick here. We can talk about your pick for a little bit. Um, Obviously it's dope. And especially being able to see them like at the Super Bowl and stuff together, like that was a great moment. Um. I just want to get into mine here because it goes too perfectly into it. I picked it. Black Boy Fly. I feel like this is a very underrated song in Kendrick's discography, but I mean, it obviously starts, I used to be jealous of Aaron Afalo. He was the one to follow. He was the only leader for seeing brighter tomorrows. He would live in the gym. We was living in sorrow. All of this. I'm watching him score 30. He's basketball scholarships. All of this. Then it all, he talks about JC on the second verse, which is the game. And then it all ends. Uh, three people making it out. That's Mission Impossible. So I never believed the type of performance that I could do. I wasn't jealous of the talents they got. I was terrified that they'd be the last black boys to fly out of Compton. And that's just like such a great final line there. Talking about how he's not like jealous of them. He's just not seeing a whole bunch of people make it out. And he wants to be one of the people that does make it out. Like we're talking about Dr. Dre. So I think that's, it's really interesting that we both picked some that were so similar about that. So, yeah. Definitely. And, you know, it's, I feel like we get a lot of stars out of Compton, you know, um, I'm thinking maybe is DeMar Rosen. He's from Compton, right? Oh yeah. He's he used to wear number 10 for comp 10. Yep. I mean, there's just a lot of good, um, Obviously, you know, not a great, great city or anything, but a lot of, you know, good role models to look for there. Um, Thanks. I mean, we go on and on about that. I but, think my boy James Harden is from Compton. I could be uh, wrong. Yeah, that's that. a, I'm thinking, I'm sitting here thinking like all these people are from Compton. You know? I know he went to uh, Artesia, which I know Vince Staples has talked about in some of his songs. I'm not familiar too much with the, uh, you know, surrounding areas of LA, but I do think James Harden's from Compton or near Compton. There we go. Okay, so moving into my final one here. I switched it up on you, Johnny. So Kendrick as a feature artist is he's undefeated. He's right up there with the Drake feature, you know. Those two, I mean, they they don't miss on features. Um, and I mean there's a number of different features I could go with, but this has got to be the most iconic one here. Mona Lisa off the Carter Five mm. featuring Kendrick Lamar. Those two killed it together. That is one of the best songs of the 2010s. Comfortable saying that. Um, classic track there, of course. What are your thoughts on that? I love that. I remember listening to the song all the time when I dropped. I feel like I don't listen to it too much anymore. 
but it is a great song like when i hear it i'm like all right damn this is fire um but i like you switched it up that's a great pick yeah no definitely and that's like one of my favorite storytelling rap songs so kendrick is just like spitting like yeah no him and him and wayne back like they both killed it it's crazy one song i was gonna mention was rigor mortis i love when he's just going crazy on rigor mortis and like i saw a video a long time ago and they were talking about his like lines and that and his flows and all that stuff and his rhymes and they talk about how you can literally hear his voice getting higher because he's running out of breath because he literally does not breathe for like i don't know how long it is but like minutes like a minute and a half or whatever crazy like that breath control kendrick has one that's an underrated skill that rappers have like great rappers breath control and kendrick crazy breath control he can just rap he's got gills there's like a video of i think it's it's either earl sweatshirt and then mint staples gets featured or it's vince staples and earl gets featured but earl says he loves working with vince because he like makes him want to be a better rapper he's like vince has got gills like vince can just rap which is true vince also crazy breath control uh you know another thing with the kendrick features uh i love that little kendrick lamar scream we used to get like uh i don't know i can't think of the other features i'm thinking about but you know like radioactive specifically whenever they had featured him on that on a mm-hmm. kind of a remix on that and that that kendrick scream we used to get a lot of in a lot of features that I always used to hit back in the day facts i feel like we talked about hive mind every video shot to the hive mind boys yet again but they just you know put out some good content and they just make me think about different things throughout these videos but they have an episode where they do guess the artist based on the features they've done and kendrick has some of the most bizarre features out there like if you look at kendrick's discography on features obviously he's featured on some of like the you know best rappers you're talking about lil wayne all this stuff drake but he's also featured with taylor swift the lonely island imagine dragons like he's got some yeah, bizarre no, yeah, features some yeah some out there features um another feature i gotta shout out before you move on here schoolboy q and kendrick lamar top dog boys linking up on collard greens love that track it's a hit of course um but yeah i actually have two i think like i miscounted i have six left or i have six total um so i'll stick with the feature though because you can't talk about a Kendrick Lamar feature and not talk about control. This is the verse that broke the internet. People argue whether it was that big of a diss or how to perceive it. Some rappers took it some ways, some took it another way. Some were mad they weren't mentioned in this verse. Some were honored they were, but we got to talk about this verse. Obviously, he's name drops just about everybody. It says, usually I'm homeboys with the same people I'm rhyming with, but this is hip-hop and they should know what time it is. And that goes for Jermaine Cole, Big Crit, Wale, Pusha T, Meek Mills, ASAP Rocky, Drake, Big Sean, J Electron, Tyler Mac Miller. I got love for you all, but I'm trying to murder you. And that's just... Uh, that is maybe one of the most iconic, to me, lines of the 2010s. Like, when I think about some of my favorite lines in rap and some favorite verses, like, that has to be up there, like name dropping all those people and it's like friendly competition like he's just trying to you know get the spirit up and yeah i love it i mean it's crazy we definitely got to get a diss track video out there like some of our favorite diss tracks throughout the years i mean i wouldn't consider that one too much of a diss track obviously he's name dropping i feel like there's a difference between name dropping and then 
you know, an actual diss track, but fact. Like so he didn't said, say he, I mean, he called out. Him. Yeah, he called out everybody in the game there. Yeah, like when it dropped, I was tr- I was trying to think of like who did he not mention that you would think he mentioned because you know, a little bit earlier in the line he says something about uh I heard the barbershops being great debates all the time about who's the greatest MC, Kendrick Jigga or Nas, Eminem, Andre 3000. And so that's kind of like the older school to me a little bit. Obviously not old, old school, but like late 90s, early 2000s. Like that's like their group. Then this is like the 2010s. So when it first dropped, I was trying to think of like Kanye. Kanye is like the middle child in there. He doesn't fit in either one of those groups. Like he's too big to be in the Tyler Mac Miller, J. Cole group. And he's too young to be in the Jay-Z, Andre 2000 group. So I was like, okay, he's like an interesting middle one. But I feel like he's the same level as Eminem. Like he could be in that one. He'd yeah. Be in the other group to me too. He could he almost was like put the like... one that I was like, how is he not getting mentioned in any of this? Yeah. And like kind of to categorize that group a little bit, I kind of put like Lil Wayne, Eminem, 50 and Kanye. I mean, that's, you know, the pioneers for that in between our group there from or, or from the late 90s to you know what got us into the 2010s so facts i definitely agree with that but yeah i do love like i just love all the names he drops like yeah no that's crazy dropping it's so far i love tyler getting love that early like was it 2013 like that's you know tyler doesn't have too much music out at that point so that's pretty crazy that you know kendrick showed some love i think they went on tour together early in their careers because there's that video it's like on vine and uh, Kendrick does an impersonation of Tyler. He's like, tell Jasper to get off the swing set <laughs> or something like that. And it is really funny, but it's like a side of Kendrick. Like we never see anymore. So I love that video. Definitely. Kendrick is, I mean, he's a really funny dude once he wants to be, you know? Oh, hundred percent. He's just not in the spotlight that much. Like if he was, I think people would definitely see like Kendrick is just, he's just a great person. Hilarious person as well. Um, but anyway, that was your five and I did my five, but I've won. We'll throw this one in here as a little bonus. Um, <laughs> this is look out for detox. This is a moment though. It's not specifically the song look out for detox. It's the time he brought this white fan on stage. Have you ever seen this video before? I have not. No. I'll have to send it to you, but it's so far that like, I love the start song. Tire marks, tire marks, finish slap with the tire marks. And it's so hard. And then like the beat drops and he's like spitting this white kid. He's like a heavy set white kid. He killed it. And the crowd is going crazy. It's in San Antonio. And it's probably in like 2011 or whatever. That's one of the most lit crowds I've ever seen at a smaller sized show. Especially when a fan comes on stage, like you never know how the audience is going to react. Like they're going to be really into it. They're going to be like, Oh, like I won't, I came here to see Kendrick. I didn't come here to see this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, that's always an interesting move when a fan gets pulled on stage. What would you do if they're trying to get you up on stage? Say we're in St. Louis and Keem's like, come up here. I think I'd have to spit. I'm too shy. I'd turn it down. <laughs> oh, I would definitely do it. Um, but I would have to be very confident that I know the words. So it would have yeah. to be the right song. I feel like they wouldn't bring you on unless they think you know it. You know what I mean? Like they see you rap it along. They're like, okay, come on. Like I could do some Keem songs. Like Kendrick's verse on Family Times would be hard. Um, but like one person that always brings fans on stage is Logic. He used to bring fans on stage to do 5 a.m. And then it turned into gang related. And I don't know what it is anymore, but those are like what I've seen. Um, 
And so I remember like going to the logic shows, like when I was younger, I was like, oh my God, I want to get on stage. Like I didn't know near enough lyrics to be even in consideration for that, but it would be pretty cool to be on stage at some point. Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty confident in my lyric game. You know, I, I feel like I know most of the tracks that I, in my library, but it's just, I feel like once you're up there, I'd, I'd probably choke, honestly. <laughs> and it is way different, obviously in front of a lot of people. And when you don't hear the lyrics, like to kind of like catch up, if you mess up one, like if you're just hearing the back track, like uh, you just be, it'd be tough. But I feel at that point, you just like rap a little bit, what you know, and then you just like put the crowd to the mic and be like, oh, finish the line, you know? <laughs> I feel yeah, like it, no. it could work. Uh, like you could just kind of play it off that. as like showmanship versus uh, not knowing the lyric. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like it could turn into one of those like eight mile moments real quick. Facts. Anyway, I just love this song. I love that moment. And then in my preparation for this episode, I got all the lyrics on my phone. So I was going on Genius, whatever, just taking screenshots. You know, on Genius, like when there's annotations that are green, like they're from the artist or like from somebody that worked on the song. Yeah. This had an annotation from a producer of this song and it blew my mind. I'm going to give you a guess on who produced this song. And the hint is from the first episode, they're one of my top five artists of all time. So it's either Chance, Tyler, Josh Gambino, The Weeknd, or Kanye. Let's go The Weeknd. Childish Gambino produced this. And that blew my mind. But then, like, when I thought about it, I was like, okay, it kind of sounds like the older Gambino stuff. Like, I can kind of see it. But it was so funny. Like, in the annotation, Chash Gambino says, I made this beat a long time ago. Kendrick used it, and we talked at South by Southwest. We performed together that night. I think that's online somewhere and chatted afterwards. Then I got sick from a taco. And that was just, I love the annotation. Like, I love when people that worked on the music can put their story behind it and their interpretation of what they were trying to say. I love that. So obviously sometimes genius annotations go crazy that they just are out of pocket and just, I don't know, they go a little bit too far and just don't make sense. And there stretches a lot, but when the actual artists are able to talk about what they were saying and what they were doing at the time, love to see it. Definitely geniuses. I love genius. It's just a great app to have. If you love music, you got to get that. Facts. Obviously, I love the YouTube series too, all the different deconstructed and all the different line breakdowns so far. Yes, of course. But that wraps up our top 10 Kendrick Lamar moments versus songs, lines, anything. We just want to talk about Kendrick today. But before we get in the news, I do want to kind of ask you a little bit about your expectations for Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. So I have one question here. If you could have three features on that album, who would you choose? I mean, I, I think Keem's an obvious one for me here. I would, I would like a Tana Leone feature as well. You know, just recently signed. I, I like that. A third one here. I mean, let's just throw a J Cole track on there. Um, you know, J Cole's feature on everything like right it. now. So, I like. Um, that. I'm, I'm not mad at those. I like those picks. Yeah, no, I feel like Kendrick, he's, he's going to try and put the young, the young Bulls up a little bit a little on his next project, at least hopefully. And then, you know, Cole's, J. Cole, obviously. Facts. I kind of went like three different directions. I, you know, obviously I was the one giving the question, so I had my answer ready. But I got it with Andre. I mean, if Andre 2000 is on this album, like, I would be so excited. And then I was thinking back and 
Andre was like interviewed or something last like last year, and he said the artists he went to work with were like Lil Baby, Tyler, Kendrick, and somebody else. I forget who. But I was like, okay, maybe Kendrick saw that and was like, three seconds, come to the studio, let's let's get work. And so it's possible. I think that one's like actually possible. Obviously, Andre does not put out much music, but it's Kendrick after all. And obviously, it's somebody that everybody in rap respects. So I think it's possible. Then I also want Baby Keem. I feel like that would make too much sense. Like it has to yeah, happen. Yeah, yeah. Like. Depend on the vibe of the album, though. Like I feel like I don't know. Keem's got a certain vibe about his music, but I feel like he also is pretty versatile. So he could work on probably multiple sounds. But we'll see. And then my last one I went with here was West Side Gun from Griselda. I gotta see that. I don't know why, but I feel like. Kendrick has just such great instrumentals throughout his discography. And Westside Gun has fire production. Like, that's a very underrated person to look to for uh, just great production throughout all his discography. Great bars. Love his voice. He got the great ad libs, too. I feel like him and Kendrick on a track would just, especially if Kendrick did like a weird voice on it, like he does his different voices. Like, I feel like that track would be crazy. And then I did have one like honorable mention. It was Steve Lacey. I want Steve Lacey on another. Kendrick song he produced on damn I think it was on pride and he's just crazy with the production um loves you Lacey definitely I feel like I would be okay with no features honestly like just a straight Kendrick Lamar project I mean it kind of be a little unexpected there but I I could see it I would definitely be fine with it too I feel like damn didn't have too many features you just had like Rihanna and uh Zakari and you too. I feel like that might be about it. So yeah, I could see him doing not too many features if he has any. Definitely. Some we're definitely excited for that though, of course. Um, like I said, we're, what are we at? 13 days now? Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like when you said that I really episode two weeks, I was like, oh my god, like that is not long at all. I Do did you think see- we get a single. No. Okay. I don't know about that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it'd have to be this Friday, obviously. Or... I He could do he, he can do it whenever he wants. He could yeah. Do it I mean, Monday. it is Kendrick, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just would expect it on a Friday. I wouldn't is a thing. I think Humble came out on like a Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll see. I mean, I don't think we'll get one, but I would not be complaining, obviously. Um, not, so did you see where he was projected to sell? What was it like? Three, three, five, 45 K. Three fifty. Yeah. That's crazy. I also don't understand how they come up with the projections. Obviously, there is going to be a high demand for this project. It's been so long since he's dropped, and he's one of the biggest artists when he does drop. People love his music. It's not like he's a nobody and it's taking the time off. Um, 350000 is a lot, but, I mean, albums do more than that. But Kendrick is also, like, a rapper rapper. He's not, like, too much into, like, a pop rapper, like, you look at somebody Drake. Drake has huge numbers, but Drake also is going to be on the radio. He's going to have songs that are on TikTok. Everybody's listening to Drake. I don't feel like everybody's listening to Kendrick. Everybody listens to rap is listening to Kendrick, but not everybody. Yeah, no, I get I get the point you're trying to bring across there. So we'll see. Obviously, three hundred fifty thousand is a good Steve amount, especially yeah. when we're talking about like other people, like Vince Sables, do like twenty thousand or whatever it was, and I think that album's you know like a decent performing rap album denzel curry wasn't doing crazy numbers either and that's a really good album as well so that's like 10 times what kendrick is projected to do so i don't know it's crazy 
we'll see. We'll see. This will kind of set the bar a little bit for maybe the future. We'll see. But let's get into some of the news here this week. I feel like it was a pretty light week. We've only had to say that like one other time, like, oh, this is not a not a lot going on this week, but we'll talk about what did happen. Obviously, music drops every week. This week we got an album from Future, Pooh Shiesty, Action Bronson, Kehlani, Russ, and Tana Leone, the newest PG Lang signee. Obviously, the future album is the big one this week. What do you think about Future's album? I liked it. You know, I don't think I think anything like outside of like DS2, it's going to be tough to listen to a full future project. But I mean, of course, you know, this is I got what I wanted here. You know, he's got bangers. I love the track with Kodak. Obviously, the ones with Drake, Kanye and him killed it together as well. So, I mean, I mean, there's always going to be bangers throughout the, the whole project. What were your thoughts on it? I didn't love the ones with Kanye. I don't know. I feel like Kanye just kind of was lacking. Okay. Yeah, I can see where I, it wasn't, you know, is a little bit of a different sound from him, I thought as well. It, it was okay, but I don't know how often I'm going to go back to that one. Uh, I actually did like the Kodak one too. Um, I feel like I don't listen to Kodak very much, but that one was pretty fire. But my favorite had to be Puffin' on Zooties. That song is crazy. Like my favorite by far. Definitely. I got to go with the Kodak track there for, for my favorite off the project respect but i also love wait for you with drake and thames like seeing thames mm-hmm. on a track that was pretty cool i saw somebody say this i remember who i was watching some reaction or some something and they said thames is more like a feet, uh, sample on the song like it's just like she doesn't have a big part it's just kind of like the vocals are just used sparingly in the background i don't know i get that one thing that did disappoint me we didn't get the brent the brent feature i know so i saw that apparently monster 2 is coming out this year too did you see that somewhere i did not know okay so i saw that monster 2 apparently is going to come out sometime this year as well um and so that's where all these other features are supposed to be which i don't know obviously i wanted the brent one a lot i feel like he could just go deluxe on this project too like in uh yeah whatever so maybe that's where brent's gonna be i don't know i was pretty disappointed though because that was the one i was looking forward to like the most by far Definitely. We'll have to see what we get. But yeah, like you said, that was one I was looking to forward to as well. You know, the toxic boy has got to link up. So, Thanks. But the tweet I saw was like, I don't know if it was just speculation, but they were talking about how, you know, he dropped Future and Hendrix the same year. And I feel like he's dropped two projects other years before. Um, so they think this is going to be another one of those. But then he has other years where he's dropped one project, like High Off Life. So I don't know they're just guessing or what if he said it somewhere i don't like follow future religiously so i don't know but i'm hoping the song drops because i need that definitely uh were you were you able to give any of these other projects uh thorough listen yes i listened to action bronson i like that one wasn't my favorite bronson project but pretty good i like the song with conway the machine on there um i need to listen to tana leone though that's the one i've been putting off but I'm getting definitely going to get around to it. Yeah. I try and like limit myself to like, I'll listen to everything, but a thorough listen, I try and limit myself to like two, two every, you know, release. And then while we're recording these, I'll touch on them a little bit. Tana Leone killed it though. Let me pull I up the track. It. Yeah, no, I, I was pretty impressed. Of course. I've loved everything I've heard from him so far. So yeah, I'm definitely. Death, Death and Texas was my, uh, my favorite track off that. So, I mean, you'll have to give that a listen, see if you know, we are, we're on the same wavelength there. Facts. Um, but yeah, I think it was a decent week. Um, next week, we got 
couple big ones next week, but let's get to the singles first. Um, this week we had Internet Money and Yeet, Lil Baby, Justin Bieber featuring Don Tolliver, Giveon, IDK featuring Denzel Curry, and a couple others, but those are some of the big ones. Did you have a favorite out of this bunch? It was between the Lil Baby and IDK. I kind of teased it when I joined the uh, the Zoom today. I was banging the IDK track featuring Denzel, of course, so that would have been my favorite from the week. Obviously, I got to go with IDK. That song's fire. Um, and I'm very excited for Simple coming next week. That was what I was hinting towards. Next, we've got Jack Harlow and IDK both dropping. going to be a pretty good week, I think. So, obviously, I got to listen to IDK project before I listen to this Jack Harlow project. But I'm excited for both, honestly. Like, IDK with Katronata is just different. Like, the vibes are great. Just there's a certain groove to it that Katronata just produces, and I love it. But Jack Harlow, obviously, you know, he's going to have some hits. I'm hoping that Drake song that's been leaked is on there because I do like that song. Drake goes crazy. I need that. This is going to be a big week for Jack Harlow. Yeah, I mean, he has the potential here to become a superstar. Absolutely. Like, like he, he can take it to the next level here. You know, he's got the hype off first class, of course. And, I mean, if he does his thing on this project, he will be one of the bigger names in crap. He definitely will be. I just saw something he posted this week, I think, and it was uh, his DMs with Bryson Tiller. Did you see him post that? I did not, know. He posted DMs with Bryson Tiller from like 2015 or 2017, maybe. Sometime along there. Anyway, Jack Hollis said he was 17 in the messages. I think that's where I'm getting 17 from. And he was like, hey, I love everything you're putting on for oh yeah for the yeah i saw that actually for the for the lou and then he was like you know talking about like the future and all he's like i like my trajectory and he's just kind of spoke it all into fruition like he's done everything he said he was going to do like in that message he's like yeah i like where i'm at my career is going uphill and now he like you said he has potential to be one of the biggest stars in rap like he was dming bryson tiller then like that and now he's probably bigger than bryson tiller definitely Although Bryson doesn't drop too often. I mean, no, Bryson that's Tiller, what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, 2015, Bryson Tiller could have been huge, you know, if he kept putting those projects out. But he killed it with Anniversary, just not too much hype, of course, because that huge time gap there. So always got to show love to the boy. Facts. He's one of those people that I never, like, got super into. Like, I need to go back to Trap Soul. Obviously, I know some songs out there, but I don't, like, listen to them often. But I feel like I listen to a lot of music that's similar to Bryson Tiller, so I should probably listen to Bryson Tiller more. So I might have to give him another listen here. All right. So now that we're done with the Jack Harlow news here this for this week, here's my hot take. He's going to be bumped from a B list to an A lister. You know, I, I would not. So I S S is my top tier. I mean, that A is not my top tier. That makes mm-hmm. sense. But uh, yeah, I just go off like the tier list you see on YouTube or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like that S tier, you know, it's guys, Kendrick, Tyler, Drake, Kanye, dudes like that j cole and then right under there i mean i think jack has potential to get up there with this project he's just got to do the do the right things with it no i absolutely agree um and it's obviously a debate whether you're talking like best rapper or like biggest rapper and if you're talking biggest rapper like he might already be there just because of like his influence on social media and everywhere people love jack harlow like the girls love jack harlow the boys love Jack Harlow. Is just he's yeah. one of the most likable people right now. Um, he's like, I saw a tweet back when uh, St. Peter's was making their run. It was the top five white people. I forget the other people, but it was obviously Doug from St. Peter's and then Jack Harlow and like Tyler Hero. Valid. 
definitely that is a valid list there i feel like it's like a multiple things have to go into my tier list for that though you know i may not listen to some of these people the most but you know you got to have also have the respect for them and have them in the correct tier so not nah, for sure but moving on here the next piece of news chance the rapper hints at a collab with joey bass wasn't really a hint he just kind of said it was going to come um but these two were in italy together i think it was yeah love to see it like those two have a track together from like i don't know what year it came out but i heard it probably in like 2017 or 16 or whatever when i was like diving into the deep catalog of chance rapper they have a song called wendy and becky it's it's a decent track but it's just like so early in their careers they sound so young so different so and it's like the production quality is so much lower than like their new music obviously so i'm excited to see what these two do both have not dropped an album in a while so they've definitely been in the lab obviously they both have dropped like a couple singles recently so i think good things are gonna come on this single i'm pretty excited definitely that would be a good track for chance to have on his comeback album here facts he's one of those people like jack harlow he's so likable for the most part um obviously like the mainstream love chance like kit kat all these different commercials so like even 40 year old moms know who chance the rapper is yeah but i feel like even in rap he's a pretty likable person like he's friends with a lot of people in the industry so i feel like if the features are right on this album like that could be a big boost for the performance of it definitely i'm expecting a big comeback from chance here after the singles i've heard that he's put out so oh yeah i said that in my hot takes before the year yep i remember like that. our second episode chance yeah to come back. Yep. so if you're an og you remember that <laughs> but yeah i think chance is gonna go crazy with this album he has to <laughs> he basically has to yeah i know yep definitely needed so we'll see what happens once once it does drop moving on here though Tyler, the creator, sells nearly 50,000. Uh, I'll just restart that. Sorry. Moving on here, Tyler, the creator, sells nearly 50,000 in vinyls this week with the Call Me If You Get Lost vinyl dropping. Made it all the way back up to the number one spot on the Billboard 200. What are your thoughts? It's crazy. Like, I don't know. I feel like we keep talking about Tyler every week about how he's just grown into one of the biggest rappers in the game. Like he's top five biggest rappers out right now. And none of those artists are doing the physical sales like Tyler, like Drake's doing streams. He's not doing physical vinyls or even CDs or anything like that. So it's just crazy that Tyler could do that. I feel like Call Me If You Get Lost wasn't even like his most like loved album. Like I feel like that'd be like Igor or Flower Boy, honestly. So I would love to have seen like, if that came out today, the numbers the vinyls would have done because people like love those albums. Like people love Come If You Get Lost, don't get me wrong, but I feel like the other two are like classics in many people's eyes. Definitely. And, you know, I feel like this helped out, you know, Tyler a lot there. That that vinyl album or the cover of it was cold. Like that was a fire vinyl. So maybe that influenced the, the decision on a few thousand people there facts i definitely love a good cover especially for vinyl something that is a physical thing you're gonna be able to hold put on your wall like you do you want to have a great cover and that one was great obviously i love the like classic cover to come if you get lost like with the license but the 
art on that vinyl is so cool. I love it. It's a it's a great one. But let's move on to one that isn't so unique. Donda. Donda dropped them vinyl this week. Donda Deluxe, to be specific, for $60. It's a 4LP release. It's just a black cover. Um, I feel like that would have been something cool if there was a different cover for the vinyl. Like, that would be like, oh, you know, that makes me want to buy it. But just a black cover with this, I don't know, like, I could not see... I obviously don't have records, so I could not see myself purchasing, but I think even if I did have a record collection, I don't think I'd be buying this one. Yeah. So, you know, you know, me got the, the record collection in the back there and there was like three strikes for it. Like, I feel like if any of these things were to change, maybe I'd buy it, but say they cut that price tag in half, you know, your normal vinyl is 30 to $40, depending on who it is. I'm not paying 60. And then I know their shipping's going to be taxing too. So not, so that was reason number one. Reason number two, I was a bigger fan of the uh, the standard Donda, you know, especially with like tracks like Come to Life, probably my favorite track off the album. I didn't like too much what they did with Tyler on that. I, I'm more of a more of a fan of the, just the standard version there. And the third one there is there's no like uh, visual value to it. It's just a fucking black box. So it's like, I feel Thanks. like those, if any of those three things were to change, I'd probably cop it, but yeah, they're doing a lot for that $60. And I don't know, I could not, I could not ever see that many people paying that much money. I guess we'll see. I mean, hopefully they report the sales on it and everything. I'm, I'm curious to see how much it does. sell. yeah, I am too. But I mean, Tyler was what $30, $35. And then that's 60. Like I would expect no more than like, I don't know, kind of has a huge fan base, but like, I don't know, 15,000 to sell. Like, I don't know. That's so much money. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens, of course. But I mean, Kanye's fan base and Tyler's fan base can't be too far off. You know, they both two of the biggest rappers in the game. So facts. Speaking of album sales, though, King Push making a push for number one. Mm, I had it well, written in quotation. Yeah. I had it written uh, quotations there for that. Sells 55K first week very impressive looks like he's on the way to getting that number one number one spot on the billboard 200 what are your thoughts on that i'd be pretty excited i th- saw that it would be Pusha t's first number one album which obviously i feel like is not a surprise like he's not the most he, mainstream yeah. artist so that makes sense but i'd be very happy for Pusha t because he is one of the best rappers out um i mean yeah it'd just be pretty dope to have a uh, album with all these coke bars to be number one on the charts that'd be pretty dope so yeah no that is crazy to think about there (laughs) all right and then that just about wraps up the news for this week obviously it was kind of a small week of news but obviously the kendrick stuff was big so we want to move in to a question from the audience this week this week we got a question what movie has the best soundtrack or what's your favorite song from a movie so I had I had a couple answers here and with a couple songs from each. Uh, you know, I've mentioned The Great Gatsby, Gotta Show It Love, one of my favorite movies ever. They have No Church in the Wild on there. And then they also have Young and Beautiful by Lana Del Rey. That scene is just, it's enough to make a grown man cry. Mm. <laughs> and then um, my this would be my pick, though. That was my honorable mention, I guess. My pick would be off of Creed. At the end, he comes out to... Um, hail mary by tupac 
and it's just so cold. It's such a great entrance. Um, in high school, we had always, ta- I was, I wrestled in high school and we always talked about like doing like a, it's kind of hard to explain, but just like a, uh, a wrestling meet in like the auditorium, like where there's just a spotlight on it, everything else is blacked out and you're just, so there'd be like walkout music and Hail Mary definitely would have been my pick for that. That's fire. Um, I'm going an absolutely different direction with my pick. Um, <laughs> this is the nostalgia pick. Um, so when I was a kid, you know, I grew up before the iPod era to an extent. Like I was in the CD era for a little bit. So I remember I had this CD player. It was a blue CD player. Obviously, you just pop the CD in. You got to put headphones into it. Had it when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine or whatever, 10, whatever. Anyway, I remember going to Walmart with my mom and my grandma and my sister. And I was big into the Chronicles of Narnia. And I bought the Chronicles of Narnia, not the soundtrack, the score. So like the backing music. And then I had a couple of songs. I made a song from like Alanis Morissette on the end. I don't know how many times I listened to that and how many times I've seen the movie, but it was like disgusting how well I could like explain what was happening based on the music. Like I knew it by heart. Um, so yeah, that's my random pick. But then my other one that I was thinking of, this is like a recency thing, but this week I went to a, trivia night i played trivia at this bar and uh there was different rounds and the every round had something about music basically and one of the rounds was called april showers and it was all songs that had something to do with rain thunder you know whatever and one of the songs was it will rain by bruno mars and off the twilight soundtrack it hit i i just had a flashback when i heard that like i remember listening to that on my ipod nano and ipod touch or whatever so many times back ipod touch definitely back in the day in like eighth grade or whatever i love that song so that's i don't even know if it was in twilight i don't i think i saw the first twilight movie it was i don't yeah. know if i've seen any of the other ones uh, i like that it was you know yeah <laughs> but, no, uh, definitely um but yeah i love that song yeah, which twilight movies it in? is it in breaking dawn i think that's the one i couldn't tell you which one but I, I just know i think maybe breaking dawn part two okay it was just funny because i remember me and uh i played with mitchell and uh we both just knew the cover like we knew the song obviously but we're like yeah the cover has like uh uh bella Jacob. yeah and like she's like getting hugged or one of them and i was like yeah like i remembered it exactly i was like that's it 100 and so that was a recent one that came to mind that i was like okay i gotta give that some love today yeah we don't get into bruno too much but when we took that chicago trip we got on the topic of bruno mars and bruno mars is a fucking legend that was like one of the dudes that was one of the guys back in the day that's why i got the vinyl back there of course um you know i had that full album on my ipod touch so went crazy of course it's full of hits i think that about wraps it up for the week though guys um any closing thoughts from you, Jonathan? No, I just enjoyed this week. Sorry for that Kendrick album. Counting down the days. Got a big week before that with uh, Jack dropping and then, like you said, IDK. So tune Facts. in next week and we'll give you some opinions on those. We're not sure of the topic yet, but we'll get that out for you guys soon, of course. Yep. We'll see you guys next week. Guests coming soon. Stay tuned. Peace. Peace.